This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Pain Show. Today's topic, you guys, this is something I hear from so many women who are just tired and weary and just feeling like, I don't know how to keep going. I'm overwhelmed. I, I want to do a great job of all the things, but I can't seem to figure out how to do all the things and I need help. And so Rachel Norman is in studio today to give you mama some help. And she has a brand new book that's coming out in October called If Mama Ain't Happy, Why Minding Healthy Boundaries is Good for Your Whole Family. We need this conversation, Rachel. (laughs) I was just telling you before, I've been hearing from so many moms. They're just tired. Mm -hmm. It's it's been it's been a few years of a lot of hard things Mm -hmm. for a lot of people, pretty much everyone, I feel like. And we're tired. And you have some hope to give to these women. But before we get to that, because I know you're gonna give lots of hope and practical help, I'd love for you to just take a minute to introduce yourself. Sure. So as you said, Rachel, um, I live in Florida with my five kids and my husband, Matthew, is Australian. And on my website, a mother far from home, I just get into a lot of practical stuff, you know, mm. practical help. And um, when I decided to write the book, I think my story led me to it. A few years ago, I got diagnosed um, with early stage breast cancer. Mm. And that is when I sort of saw crystal clear the principles of this book that mm. I had been somewhat avoiding. Of course, a health catastrophe, any catastrophe or crisis has a way of helping you see clearly what you were kind of burying or just barreling mm. past. And so that was just a time where I really was just, I, I couldn't 
carry on like a steamroller, like I had before. I'm more like, you know, and a lot of us are, I've probably, that's probably like half of us are like this half are calmer, but you know, we just barrel through what we're going to do. And Mm -hmm. I just couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. And so in that place where I was like, okay, how I was living was like really okay in some ways, but Mm -hmm. like the inner, like the outer parts were okay, but the inner parts that were driving it, my emotions, they were just not working. This was not going to last. And so Mm -hmm. I just kind of had to change how I, I thought I had to understand the concept of what it actually meant to be able to take care of myself while I was being a mom. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even understand, I didn't even understand, you know, mm-hmm. and some of the things I thought I shouldn't do, I really needed to do or vice versa. I just felt like, Oh, somehow I got so confused. I got so caught up in just like the diapers and the snacks and the whatever that I just sort of lost touch with what's happening in my inner world. And so this really, um, I just sort of lived it out. And then whenever it came upon to write about it, I thought, you know, this is the message because Mm. of course, as you do, I hear from moms, like so many moms all the time and moms. And I don't know if it's certainly the past few years have been hard. And I think just cultural changes and, you know, as we go through different generations, the sort of things that culture identifies as true change and some Mm. of the ways that they have changed, of course, they're not, this is not bad or good. It can be either. But some of the ways that it's changed, I felt like has made moms even more weary. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just a big thing. And I just want to say, you don't have to escape your life. You don't mm-hmm. have to want to so bad. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So a couple things. I have so many follow-up questions that I'd like to ask. <laughs> but one, you, you have five children. Mm-hmm. So when you were going through this transformation, what were their ages? Because I know there's people oh, listening yeah. that are feeling like, well, you know, maybe she has older children and it's easy to talk like looking back, but yeah. you, oh, were, no. you, you were in the thick of diapers and sippy cups oh, and all that. Yeah. Yes. So when I, when I was diagnosed, my youngest was two. Cause mm-hmm. I remember going in his room and I was just like sobbing. And I'm like, what if he doesn't remember me? Did like mm-hmm. everything that happened mean nothing? And this one, I had to see like the fruits that we put into our parenting, they outlive us, mm-hmm. you know? But so anyway, back to your question, girls, they were two, three, five, six, and seven, something like this. <laughs> yeah. So they were still very needy. There was a lot when going I was on. Like, I can't, I got nothing for you kids. <laughs> yes. Well, I love that because it's like you were living out this message of recognizing like it's not working, something needs to change, mm-hmm. but you were still in the thick of it. It yeah. wasn't like you all of a sudden, you know, your kids are now teenagers. Yeah. And so they didn't need you as much. You were yes. in a very needy season. And I love something that you say in the introduction, you say, I see you because for years I propelled my family forward by the sheer will of my dominant personality. I figured winners never quit and quitters never win, but somewhere deep down, I knew I was losing. My insecurities, inadequacies, and self-judgment drove me at a pace I could not sustain. I think a lot of women, the weariness can come from that insecurity, inadequacy, and self-judgment. Do you you agree? Absolutely. And that's a huge part of what I have been kind of thinking through and and talking about lately is, is not only do we just sort of feel bad, then we feel super guilty for feeling bad. Mm -hmm. So do we feel bad twice? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then it's twice as bad. And so then, but what we do is this kind of philosophical, but so we feel, we feel bad, right? We're weary. And so then we feel guilty for feeling bad. And so then it's like, I need to repent of this feeling bad. And I'm just like, not Uh, thankful enough. And so then we actually, where our efforts go is to try to stop feeling bad instead Mm. of going deeper and figuring out like, why is it I keep coming to this place of bad? Mm. 
Mm-hmm. What can I do to actually just be okay? Does that make sense? Yes. We're, we're dealing with all, we're like picking all of this like fruit off a tree that's like planted in like poison and we're not uprooting the tree. We're just mm-hmm. so busy picking the fruit. And that's kind of where I, because it wasn't like, oh yeah, it was just hard because it wasn't just hard because I have five kids. Well, of course, as you know, having a lot of kids is more effort, but mm-hmm. afterwards I still had the same amount of kids, but it was just totally different. Mm-hmm. So it really was what was going on inside. You know, it wasn't that anything necessarily changed outside of me. It was just realizing I have limits. I have ignored, I have pretended they didn't exist. I just ignored them sort of like, and I say this in the book, it's, and I actually did this in real life. Like the second day of school, a few years ago, I was like, cause we live in Florida and we're near the Alabama line and gas is cheaper in Alabama. So I was like, I'm not going to get gas till I go to Alabama. Cause I'm going to save um, 10 cent. <laughs> so I literally ran out of gas. Like five blocks from the school. And so, you know, I'm not embarrassed. I'll like, get out kids. We're walking, you know? And then anyway, one of my friends pulls over and it's like, Rachel, but this is like what I did in other areas of my life. It's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go until I decide that I'm going to stop. But that, actually my body and my well being was just like, okay, whatever, Rachel. No, you're not. You know, mm. we're not okay. We're not okay, Rachel. And I'm like, we're all going to keep going. And so it was just kind of seeing I'm not even recognizing any of the signs that I'm living. I'm just sort of in my mind saying, this is what we're going to do, people. I made a plan. It's a 10-step plan. And we're all going to be on time with this plan. Instead of being like, how are we? How is everybody? How are you? How am I? Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's actually live in, let's problem solve based on reality, if that makes sense. Not mm-hmm. based on sort of like these paper plans that we have. Of course, I'm not saying planning is bad. You know that. But we we have to address what's really happening mm-hmm. and and not just judge ourselves for how we feel because it, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't help anyway. It doesn't, if it worked, we could, but it doesn't even work anyway. Mm-hmm. What did it look like for you to really dig into and uproot that system that was propelling you in this dysfunctional way? Well, there was a few things that one of them, I say one of them was sort of, um, I really, there was a sense that I felt, and I mean, we know this, a lot of people would talk about this. There was a sense that I had to prove I was worthy of love, if that makes sense, you know, and as a believer myself, as a Christian, it was like, uh, yes, I know you love me, God. Okay. But also I'm telling you, here's all the things I'm going to do today. Just be very proud of me, God. I'm like, really got things under control, you know? So it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, you love me, but I know because I'm trying so hard Mm -hmm. and not just like, you love me. It's okay. You know? And so I had to just kind of really work through that with God. And of course, it, that's kind of easy to do when you have like a health crisis and you think, I might die. I should have plenty of time to think mm. about this. But that was one thing. It was sort of like I just truly received. It was almost like I had closed myself off to love so I could prove it. Mm. And once I was like, there's nothing to prove or disprove. I can just be loved. I, I can't really explain. It was like I said, I'm just going to open my heart to be loved by God and accept love from others. It, it just really was like a domino that then um, it's one of those things that it's like a breakthrough that you have that you don't notice until later when you would have reacted a certain way and you just don't anymore. You know, mm-hmm. like I would sit down. I have like this memory. I was like sitting um, on the potty to be like alone, you know, like the kids. And I saw like cobwebs in the corner and I started sobbing. So I was like, <laughs> it's like there's cobwebs. They always come back. I'm a bad housekeeper. I was like all my failings. And it was like these cobwebs are like representative of like all my failures of life, you know? And then after I kind of had this breakthrough, like, I'm loved. It's okay. It was like, I could just see a mess and be like, there's a mess. I can get the kids to clean it or I can clean it or we, or not. And then I started to see, wow, you know, that was a really big deal. And so in one way, how I kind of uprooted that was from within. But also, and this was huge for me, and I go into this in the book. One thing I feel like we can get really confused about as moms, I say we, me, obviously I'm preaching to myself, the car, is that we can 
think that we need to drive ourselves into the ground for our kids. But what I found, it's so embarrassing to find this, you know, follow me for more parenting advice. I found that like when I totally just erased everything I needed to drop every for them, it actually made them entitled. So I actually started to see, you know how it's like when God's bringing something up or when something starts to come to a head, you just like see all the fruit of this and you're like, oh my goodness, how did I not notice? It's like, I'm needing a little break and they're like refusing to get banging on the door so that I would come help them do something they could do. Or, you know, I would say, I just need this time alone. I would feel like almost like I'm desperately begging them to, you know, and I thought, well, wait a second here. Like I have, I have created a cycle in which I have ignored needing to go to the bathroom or eat or sleep or anything. You know, of course, when they're little, we're not like, the one-year-old's fine. I'm just going to sleep. Like, of course, you know. But still, we cre- I, cre- I created a scenario in which I just ignored myself. So I taught them to do that. And mm. then they actually became entitled. So then mm. once it clicked in my mind, the fruit of me refusing to take care of myself actually like created selfishness. You know, my feeling of being totally selfless mm-hmm. almost made them more selfish. And then I thought, now I cannot do that. <laughs> like, it's like, I thought it was going to make them somehow be so generous, but it actually made them used to not needing to consider anybody, but what mm. they wanted. So that was huge for me because I feel like, and you probably relate moms. We're kind of like, whatever, we'll literally do anything. If our kids are okay, cut mm. my arm off. if It's good for them. Like shave my head. If it makes them feel better, whatever. But when you start to realize some of these things that are not good for us are also not good for them, mm-hmm. then you're like, okay, we're going to do something different. Uh, we can all operate in a way that is better for all of us. Mm-hmm. And that was really what it was like. I needed permission. Do you know you need permission? Because otherwise it's like, you don't want to be selfish. Mm-hmm. You don't want to feel selfish. You know, of course we're now in this time where we, everybody's looking back and blaming their parents for everything. We're like, my kids are not going to blame me. <laughs> So that's kind of, you know, we needed permission. So that was one thing I did. I gave myself permission. I said, if I need to take a minute or if I need to say, this is too much for me or this extracurricular, I I can't, you can't do this because it's not good for our family. It's not Mm -hmm. good for me right now, maybe later. And then like, let them have their feelings about it. And that's okay. Um, And it's okay that I can't do it. And, Mm -hmm. And sort of living in that reality and realizing they're going to be okay. And especially in this modern world where the, I mean, you know, barring very difficult situations that do happen. But a lot of us find it's like the kids' life is so easy. Like Their life is so cozy. Do you know? It's just they've got all kind of things. Mm-hmm. All kind of, they're doing all kind of amazing things, you know? And we think, I can't take this one thing away. But it's like, we really can. We can, mm-hmm. you know, not as an example, but. And yeah, and that's teaching them to respect others and yes. think of others and not just themselves. How did you break free from when you kind of had set up this system and you had these ruts in place of like, you just always lay down your life and Mm -hmm. be this martyr in a sense and don't ever think of taking care of you so that you can take care of your family better. That had to have been a huge shift. How did you, how did your family go along with that? And how did you make that change? And I would say it's a process, but kids really are able to adjust to our boundaries, you know? Mm -hmm. And so for me, the main thing was me deciding actually taking care of myself is not, not, and I I say this, I talk about this in the book, but there's a difference between treating yourself and taking care of yourself. Like Mm -hmm. a treat's like, I'm going to get a mani-pedi. I'm like, meet my friends for coffee or I'm going to go to the gym or occasionally, you know, it's like these, it's almost like a cherry on top of a cupcake. It's, Mm -hmm. it doesn't sustain you. It's not a Mm -hmm. meal. Taking care of yourself is the meal. You know, it's what you have to do to survive. 
So I, sh- I shifted in my mind and I realized nobody's going to take care of me but me. The kids sure aren't going to take care of me. It's not actually their job. It's actually mm-hmm. nobody's job to take care of me but me. So if I don't take care of myself, and, and you know, of course, if I don't take care of myself and I pretend I'm being selfless, it, I actually become obsessively selfish because then anytime somebody needs me, I'm like, they always need me. They mm-hmm. need me. Another one needing me again. You know, it's like if I just took care of myself, then I'm, I'm okay. So mm-hmm. I made the shift in my mind. And I honestly, I know it kind of sounds fooey, but once we kind of solidify a concept in our mind or in my heart, like it's okay to take care of myself. Like it, it just panned out like that. So then I started to be able to express it to the kids more like when, when I'm doing something or, you know, when they're little, so I want to say when mommy's doing something, but you know, mm-hmm. when mommy's doing this, you just need to give me a minute. And when I'm done, I'll come back to you. And then, you know, they would try it. They would push it and you just hold it, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I, and I talk about this a bit, but you know, what the boundary might be if I, especially as they're older, when they're very little, you know, it's different, but even when they're very little, we can have boundaries, you know, if they're, at the table and we're sort of doing something and they can wait three minutes. They can't, even Mm -hmm. we think three minutes, these kids can't wait. They're going to die of hunger. It's like, you can wait three minutes, you know, Mm -hmm. so I don't burn myself while I'm rushing. And then I spill like, it's even, it just like kind of goes out to everything. So I started to be able to communicate that more. And then I would communicate it more to say my husband or other adult support people in our life. Like y'all are all used to me running myself into the ground because I've done this. And Mm -hmm. now I actually can't do this. I'm crumbling. So I'm not going to be able to do this. You know, and at one point I remember it was at the end of, it was right when, when the pandemic happened, the kids got sent home from school. So it had been a very long summer break, like, you know, <laughs> and at the end of it, it was like a week before school was going back. And I, Crystal, I lost it. I, we, we were down at um, my family's beach cottage. I literally called my mom and come get your grandkids. I told my husband, I'm coming home at some point in the future at which I'm not going to disclose the date. <laughs> and I just stay. Cause that's, and I just like laid in bed and stared at the ceiling. You know, I'm like, I can't do this. I can't mm. do this. So that was part of the beginning. But so then it was just like, okay, I would check in with myself. So this is what I guess I encourage you to do practical. You know, if you're feeling like, and of course I go into a lot about how to locate your boundaries and your limits in the book, which is the whole point. But I would say, just get in touch with yourself. Like you, when you've crossed this limit, you know, like, so if we don't pay the mortgage, they're going to take the house. You know, mm. if we don't mow the yard, the grass grows. If we don't mm. eat, we get hungry. So there's like these practical things that we recognize them and we respect them. If we want to leave and go to the kitchen, we walk through the door. We don't just like walk through the wall and, mm. you know, we don't do that. But this kind of what we try to do inside ourselves. We don't recognize those things. So the first step is start to recognize. And when you're feeling resentful, this is huge. When you're resentful or bitter, it's usually because there is something probably that needs taken care of that nobody's taking care of it, including us, you know? So I start, these are, but when these feelings come, the key is not to heap guilt on yourself for them. It's to say, why do I feel this way? Like what is actually happening? Not, I don't have very much faith right now because I'm feeling scared. Or maybe I'm feeling a lot of fear because intuitively, like it says in Job that God gives intuition um, and instinct. Maybe I'm feeling this way because we're in sort of like, the things are happening that shouldn't be happening. Well, what are they? What can I do? So it's kind of, you know, and a lot of these things are similar for us, but that's the first thing I would say, check in with yourself. How are you? And then this is where the true place that you are is where you have to start making changes, not just somebody, you know, this is kind of the plan or productivity, or this is the routine or whatever. I mean, like I'm totally like routine lady, you know, but you can't just take my routine and do it. If half of those things you hate or don't need to do, you know, mm-hmm. you have to just kind of get, forget about what everybody else says and just get in touch with yourself. And from that place, then you can make an honest plan, you know, and the kids will, I want to encourage you to say, 
we like life is not for everybody, of course, but life is much easier now than it was when we were kids. It was much easier for us than it was for our parents. So some of the things we think are really hard for our kids are like not even remotely a problem. Mm -hmm. And we're like, the kids are not going to cope if that happens. And then they're just like, okay, you know, and so I I would encourage you to, we're always going to be there to support our kids. But it really isn't our job to be like so miserable. We need massive amounts of medication so that we can bend over backwards to do all these extra mm. things for our kids that they don't need. Mm-hmm. Stop me. I'm going to go on a soapbox. But that's basically <laughs> where I, I feel like I started. Yeah. Well, and I think it can almost become idolatry that we need our kids to need us. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And there's something very dysfunctional about us needing to be needed mm-hmm. by them when we are actually crippling them for life by having them be so dependent upon us. We want to raise adults, Mm -hmm. not dependent children. And the way to do that is to start teaching them from a young age that they need to take personal responsibility. And so I love this. Um, So you're talking about boundaries. Obviously Mm -hmm. your book, that is the subtitle, Why Minding Healthy Boundaries is Good for Your Whole Family. Mm -hmm. What would you define? Like what I think a lot of people, that word, even boundaries Mm -hmm. can feel like, I don't even know. I wouldn't even know how to set up boundaries. Talk to us about that and define that for us. Oh, yes. And the example that I use in there, and I really love this example because we all kind of, you know, it's a buzzword now, boundaries or whatever. And so we can think boundaries are just sort of like a rule that we like make for others. But the way I like to, as a language of listening parent coach, this is kind of the the way that that we look at boundaries. Um, But it's almost like the boundary that we have is sort of, it it already is. So I like to think, and when I used in the book, because my husband used to be a drafter for a surveying company. So when you go out to say survey a property, like this property, you know, they would have points at the the corners, okay? So the boundaries, but if, if there was just 10 lots and nothing but trees, the boundaries are already there, whether they're fenced in or not, right? Mm-hmm. The boundaries are just there. You don't mm-hmm. get to just like put a house on somebody else's. It doesn't matter if they haven't done anything with their property. It's not yours. So, but you have to kind of sometimes figure out where the boundaries are, right? So what they would come if there's no clear metal stick or pinpoint, whatever they call it, you, you know, they might get a metal detector and they're digging around and they're like, here's the boundary. And then they might put a stake in it, you know? And then if you're a new homeowner, you might build a fence around it. Okay. So what I like to think of is that the boundaries are just already what's there. So it's already what you can't stand or, you know, so it's, so for example, let's think about the house. Let me give a more concrete example. Let's think about the house. Some people just can really be okay in a, in a really untidy environment. And some people just honestly can't. And if you can't, there's just no amount of like catchy phrases on posters that you can hang up to make yourself not care. Your boundary is you actually need an ordered environment, right? Mm-hmm. So you can say, I'm not going to care. So that's not going to work. So let's we're not going to do that. So then you're going to say, okay, my boundaries, I need, I need the house to be relatively tidy for me to be at peace here. This is what it is. Okay. So that's the boundary. You need the house to be pretty tidy. So then what you would do is then you would make some rules or routines for all of us to keep that boundary. Does that make sense? So then it might be, okay, in the evening before bed, we're all going to clean up. Or if the kids are older, you know, by Friday, you need to have done this. Or we're all going to help do this. Or it might be during seasons, we're going to hire somebody to do this. So the boundary is when you walk into the house and it's chaos and you're like, I can't stand this. I'm nervous. I'm mad. Now I'm resentful. Everybody lives here, ruining my calm house, whatever. These are like alerts that says really what's happened is the boundaries of of a tidy home has been crossed. So now we need to figure out how to keep that boundary. And that would be like, like I said, chores or whatever. So that's, 
an example in the home. So the boundaries are really just where, when crossed, you feel not okay at dis-ease or disease or you feel violated or, you know, similar like if you're in your room and maybe you were changing and somebody comes in. It's like they crossed into that area and now you feel kind of violated, like your space has been violated. So it's similar when you start to feel these protective or angry or feelings. This is a sign that somewhere in life things are not, you know, um, what you need or want is not being respected, you know. And of course, we want to do this for everybody in the house. It's not all about what mom wants, obviously. None of us would think that because we are willing to martyr ourselves for them. Martyr, not murder. <laughs> We're willing to martyr ourselves for them anyway. Mm-hmm. But so that's kind of how I, I don't know. Do you have any kind of questions? I don't know if I wasn't clear specifically, but. Well, I was thinking, so for someone who they feel like their entire life is out of control right yeah. now and they're thinking, well, I have. <laughs> Where to start? <laughs> like, yes. So many boundaries that have been crossed that I don't even know how to start setting up boundaries. Like, mm-hmm. where would you say, how does a person start that feels like life is just chaos? That's a great question. I honestly think the place that I would start would be sort of, your schedule is not the right word, but like the, the your, your how full your life is, you know, because this is where if, if you don't really have much to do, you just really have space to figure things out. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, we'll figure that out. It's okay. But when life is so full that you're in survival mode, you know about survival mode, wrote a book on that. So when you're in survival mode, you have no time to do anything, right? So you can't even problem solve in survival mode because you're like, just get through the day, fall in bed, wake up before the sun rises. So I would say the first place to start is like, how full is your life? Does it need to be that full? How can we make it? Because le- some things you can't, you know, you have a special needs child, you have a lot of little kids at home. It's like, you can't just be like, poof, that doesn't happen, right? Mm. But you can look at the other things that aren't necessary. And some of those just have to go sometimes. And I, and I like to say this, like, yes, sometimes you have to do drastic stuff, but like, you know, we grow babies in our stomach and birth them. We adopt babies that weren't ours. We move houses, country, like we do drastic things all the time. Mm. So sometimes you might have to, in order to get a hold of it, just, it could be for a season. It could be forever. You have to give yourself permission to just be like, I'm not doing this. We're not doing that. We're going to have a little bit of space in life. And from that space, then you can begin to problem solve. So the first thing I would say is sort of clean your life out, your schedule out a little bit. So we're talking about boundaries and you had this huge shift in your life, but does that mean that before that shift, you didn't have any boundaries? Talk to us about that. Okay. So this is a great question. So I had a lot of rules before that may or may not have coincided with anything, you know, just rules I thought good moms had. So I was very busy enforcing rules or getting burned out of enforcing rules. And then, you know, kind of switching between like being sort of permissive and then, you know, but they didn't, they didn't necessarily tie to the boundaries that I needed, you know? Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. the shift was going from who am I parenting? Who, who, who am I listening to? What rules have I made? What What does our family actually need? You know, and so I started to see this is a big one. I have a chapter on this. The, what are the rules that we have? You know, and then do I really care about that? So it was kind of I did. I did have. Of course, it wasn't like everything was out of control, mm-hmm. but it was almost like what I was trying to do didn't coincide with what I kind of needed. You mm-hmm. know, and so then it was like you align them. You know, so this is when you say, okay, actually, what's always crossed my boundary is that I'm too busy and I can't cope. Well, my life was very busy. I might've had a lot of rules, only one sport or like your, or whatever, Mm -hmm. but they didn't go together. So then it's Mm -hmm. like, I actually just can't be a chauffeur this amount. So now our life has to go to that, Mm -hmm. you know, or if it's cooking, it's like, 
I'm going to have taco Tuesday and like meatball Monday or whatever. These are rules or these are like things I decided we're going to do, but maybe it's, um, I need some more, I need life to be simpler. You know what? Maybe we're going to have like cereal Monday, whatever, you know, it's like, how, how can I manage the food? And then, then that's what I'm going to do based on, you know, it's, 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 I rever- it's like I reversed a lot of things. I thought, what can I do? That's what we're going to do. Not what should a good mom do. And then I'm trying to do that and feeling guilty if I fail, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I was thinking the rules were kind of like, it's so easy with social media. We read something and it's like, oh, well then we should do that and we should do this and we should, a good mom does this. So Mm -hmm. then we set up all these arbitrary rules for our family that aren't serving our family because (laughs) it doesn't matter to us. Like that particular thing doesn't matter. So the, so boundaries are more, I'm just reiterating to make sure I'm getting this. So boundaries are more like the foundational things of like, we're going back to this is the foundation for what is going to allow me to live life at my best. Absolutely. And so I'm going to set that as boundaries and it's, those are not going to necessarily be like very specific but we're going to create our systems based upon those boundaries. Is that correct? Yes, that is exactly right. Okay. So I love that because I think that so many moms burn themselves out by adopting someone else's rules. Yes. And shoulds. We're so bad at shoulding ourselves. I should do this and I should do this and I should do this and I should look like this and I should like this and I should not like that. And then we like lose ourselves before we know it. And then, you know, I don't mean it in like a quest of like it, it, not like a self-love quest in mm. that sense, but like it's, and I like to joke and say like, the bar is very low. Like I, I call the book, if mama ain't happy, but like the bar is so far below happy. It's like, if mama ain't depressed, like this is the bar. <laughs> Cause this is where it's like, we're actually depressed. We're going to get happy maybe later. We're just going to not be depressed. So that's kind of how, yes, you're exactly right. We need to, where are we? We're going to build life around that. And sometimes it's some parts of life, you know, whether you have a newborn or multiple newborns or, you know, there's a big season of travel, whatever it is, we know life happens. In some of those seasons, you you have to reorder and our boundaries can change, you know, as Mm -hmm. it can be as the kids get a little older and they're less needy in the physical sense. Maybe we can have a slightly um, more busy schedule, but we can't, we can't sort of have a disordered private inner world and then like maintain order. It actually doesn't maintain itself. It just doesn't. And so mm-hmm. it doesn't work anyway. And this is one of my big things I like to say to myself, like, and I had this, I don't know if you've felt like this too. I know you've talked about being perfectionism in some way. So mm-hmm. I know those who tend to kind of aim for perfection. It's like at the end of the day, we might lay in bed and be like, I did this wrong and I did this wrong. And this is all my kids going to get screwed up. And, you know? And so I kind of had this thought one time. It's like, oh, I do this so I'll be a good mom. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I tried it, you know, it's like, well, this doesn't help me be a good mom. This helps me be miserable, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So it actually doesn't work, you know? Mm-hmm. So this is one of my biggest things. Is your strategy you're using, does it work? Mm-hmm. Because if it doesn't, then that's good because you can just not do it. And that's an easy thing to not do. <laughs> so how long did it take you to kind of have this switch, this change was it a, you know, an overnight? Was it a few weeks? Was it years? Talk to us about that. I mean, it's definitely months and it's ongoing. It's ongoing mm. as you get to more and more layers. So I would say the mental, some of the mental changes were just a few months. Like the, the cancer journey I had was very formative in many, many ways, but that was one of the ways. Cause I saw, okay, physically, I totally ignored my body. Look where it landed me. Emotionally, I ignored all my emotions. Look where it landed me. You know, I had anxiety instead of actually figuring out these are the reasons I'm anxious. This is what needs to change. It's like, 
you shouldn't be anxious. You should take that to the Lord. You bad, bad woman who's anxious. Yes, it's insane. So it was like I some of those inner things were quick, but figuring out how they worked might have taken weeks, months. And even now, still, sometimes I can get really agitated and be like, what is it? You know, I, I have an office at home and it's down a long haul, so it's separate. And this has kind of been going on in the summer, you know, it's like, I'm really trying to do something or I'm trying to do a video. And then it's like, they just, the kids are going to come and they want to see, you know, it's, so I realized like, okay, we don't this, and it would make me very mad. And then I'll be very snappy with the kids, you know? And then I realized I haven't actually just put a sign up and said, do not come down here in these times, you know? So this is something instead of just like letting them and I'm getting mad, like these kids are respect. So this was like a new situation in which I had to say, I need time to work because if everybody's constantly interrupting me, it takes twice as long. So I actually, this is a space and because this is a job that supports our family, this is something that, that needs to happen. And I don't even need to, we don't even need to say, you need to respect me. Kids. Sometimes we might need to, if the, if the core issue is disrespect, of course we would address that. But a lot of times they're just following our lead. We're just, they're just doing what we let them do. So it's just like, this is now what's going to happen. Okay. And then the kids, you know, they can do it. And then, so it is an ongoing thing as, as the things come up, but I would say it just, it doesn't take forever, you know? And sometimes it's like one thing makes a huge difference. You know, one little change, even just accepting this in our minds that it's not, it's not selfish to do this. This can make, this can have a ripple effect. And I was thinking how, so often we get frustrated at our kids for something that we've never even explained to them. Like you were talking about that, like we are expecting our children to just think intuitively like an adult and we're forgetting, oh, you're five. You don't know. You don't know. And so how much we're setting ourselves up for frustration when we don't communicate and we don't set these boundaries and then communicate them and create these systems or whatever that looks like in order to act, to walk that out. So I love this. I love how you are kind of taking the word boundaries and making it something different than I've thought of it before, Mm. because I've always thought of it's just like kind of, I think we think of the book boundaries and Mm -hmm. it's just kind of about like, I don't know, setting boundaries that that's not, I need a better word for that, but like in relationships or something like like that. I'm not going to let anybody call me after 10 PM or something like this. We think it's, and this is why people think they can just be like, I'm going to Google a hundred boundaries mom should have. And I'm just like, dude, this is not how it works. Because what if you're an introvert and I'm an extrovert? We don't even have the same, an extrovert's boundaries might be like three times a week. I'm leaving the house or I'm getting out, you know? So this is probably why I'm like, just it's, of course we want to be encouraged and inspired and with social media or the people that we follow for tips. I mean, obviously we give practical help. That's what we do. I like to say, what I like to do is when I have a specific problem, I like to go in search of a solution, you know, with the people that I kind of trust that I like their vibe of life or whatever, not the vibe, but like their ethos in life. Mm-hmm. But I don't just always follow and try to just do what they're doing, mm-hmm. you know? So this is kind of when you can back up and, you know, you go search for a problem, but exactly. You can't just adopt a list of other people's boundaries. This is your own work and it only works if they jive with what it is, how you are, mm-hmm. you know? So what if you set a boundary, like you think this is something that's important to you and then you are kind of going with that and you're like, actually, no. Have you ever had that happen before? It, it does sometimes. And I, you know, when I've made rules or things that I'm like, we're going to do this, kids, it's going to work, you know? And I'm like, that just really didn't happen. And so, I mean, I'm very, I guess because I am sort of a, just like a lot, I guess, what I'm saying. you know, I'm, I have a strong personality. Like I'm used to also 
just eating crow. I don't know how else to say it, you know, and I like to joke and say, I do think I'm always right, but that means I really want to know if I'm wrong so that I can be right next time. So like, if I'm wrong, then I want to know, you know, if I do something wrong, I'm going to mess it up. I mean, I'm going to apologize. So I often go back and, you know, we were going to do this. I feel like it didn't work. What do you think kids? I didn't like that. Yeah, I didn't like it either. Okay. We're going to do something different. So I'm kind of not afraid to, you know, I, I don't know if that's good or bad, but th- I'm not afraid to, to mess it up. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, you know, mm-hmm. to figure it out how to get there. And so I wouldn't be worried about that, you know, but you can even just try some of these on for lack of a better mm. word, you know? And so, and I think even the practice of doing it, cause it's like, we is good for the kids to see, you know, it's mm. good. And it, I kind of think it helps them. Like I notice sometimes that the kids will, I can't do that right now. Or, you know, they'll notice they need to go be alone, mm-hmm. you know? And so just modeling it or figuring it out. And even if you're not sure, you can just say, we're going to try this and see how it goes. Kids. What I've noticed is that the, what I've noticed is the house is always a mess and it's not my stuff, but we're going to have to get this in order in a mm-hmm. way that we can all live in peace. And so we're going to try this out and, and maybe we're going to come back in a little while. We're going to see how that went. And so I would encourage you to do that. Like there's no kind of, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to look perfect. And sometimes, sometimes we could, if we listed, you know, say I sometimes encourage moms like, I just did a video recently on why it's so hard for moms to be present and we blame our phone or we're like, I'm just not good at being mindful, but half the time we can't be present because we got problems and we're stressed and we have things to do that are not getting done. And our brain is like, do this, do this, do this. So this is why we can't be present because we actually have things that need to be done so that we can be present, you know? So, and in this, I'm like, write down your problems. Like you got to solve some of these things that are problems have to be solved or your brain is literally not going to let you rest. So, you know, you might write out 10 problems, but you might solve five of them and feel like, you know, that's pretty good. That's okay. I can be present now. So it's like you have to always go on this crusade to constantly perfect life. Sometimes a few things makes a huge difference. It's just kind of instead of living outward based on what other people are doing or what you think should happen, it's like we're going to live in, in we're going to focus on inward. Like, what is it? You know, and of course, I don't mean if it's immoral or sinful. I mean, that to me, that goes without saying, but I'll say that. But just these the sort of neutral needs that we might have, this is where we have to start. Because ultimately, like, if we're the ones taking care of our kids, so we actually need to be okay. I don't know how we can think that we can be very un-okay and raise kids that are really okay. It just makes sense. It's like, I'm going to be depressed and anxious, quasi-ideating how it would be better to be in heaven than alive because life is so stressful, but, like, I'm really rocking it with the kids. Like, this is goes it's not like they they it's they can't not see this you know mm-hmm. so it, the the idea that we could do that also doesn't work mm-hmm. so it's okay to think i need to be okay not i need to abandon everybody else to like focus on it's not about me 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 in a selfish sense it's just like it actually is my responsibility to to take care of myself because it's not anybody else's like nobody else is going to do it mm-hmm. that makes sense mm-hmm. i was also thinking how this is a gift that we give our kids because it's setting an example for them for the rest of their life. And it's teaching them that they can also learn to think of those boundaries and start setting those for themselves Mm -hmm. as well. And so when mom models it, then they're going to pick up on that. And it's something that they're going to take with them for the rest of their life. So thank you so much for sharing this. I learned a lot today. It's going to, I'm thinking, I have so many (laughs) things that I'm thinking about in my own life. And I know that everyone listening is as well. The book is If Mama Ain't Happy, Why Minding Healthy Boundaries is Good for Your Whole Family. And it's full of practical advice, encouragement, inspiration. And also I love how it's very story driven as well. So thank you, Rachel. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. 
Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.